From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Ducks House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me from the side of a mountain. It'd be Wyoming, wouldn't it, Jake? Or you? Nebraska. 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 Western Nebraska. And, 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 On my and, home and, turf. And, of course, from the nice, sunny, 54-degree morning in Minnesota, Mr. Lee Chose. <laughs> Jealous, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not jealous at all because in three months, I'm telling you, when it's minus fifty four in Minnesota and it's actually fifty four here, and you're sitting in an ice house drinking beer, just, I'm I'm still got a just, t-shirt on. I'm gonna be sending you pictures. You guys got to quit exaggerating that stuff. Just Google one time. You know, you ever hear of the Google machine? Hit that and Google how many days it's actually been really minus fifty four in Minnesota. It's not that often. Not that often. I mean, I've seen minus 61, I think. Minus 61 air temperature. But that's like really, really rare. Really rare. That is super cold. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was cold. Yeah, it's cold. (laughs) What have you guys been up to? What should we talk about? I got what, what is going on with Walmart today? I, look, I saw something last, I guess it was yesterday, and I have not figured out, and I've seen it on social media, but something's going on with Walmart and Kroger. What What's the deal? Well, they're, they just, Walmart just can't, Walmart just announced yesterday that they're no longer going to be selling ammo for handguns or short-barreled rifles because of the recent shooting at the Walmart parking lot. Um, so that, and that's going to be nationwide for the Walmart brand. Wow. That's what I, that's the thing that I, I'm seeing about Walmart. Is that what you're referring to? I mean, I knew that was, that was a, that was a deal last week. What, is there something new? That's the first Rocky? I've heard of it. Yeah. That's well, that, the first I've heard of it. Oh yeah. That, they started that last week. They came out with that. Yeah, it's more assault on two way, but it's maybe they need to maybe they need to go look at their. I can I can look I can see both sides of this. Okay, first off, I'm not going to buy my handgun ammo at Walmart. I'll I'll probably (laughs) keep buying it at the local sporting goods store. Mm Mm-hmm. But 
Walmart should maybe should take a look at their cameras and see who's coming through their front door. Wouldn't want to offend 90% of the customers that's shopping with them. But if you grabbed a candy bar and stuck it in your pocket and walked out the front door, they'd be looking at those cameras. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's that that kind of stuff that's going on there is that's that's not going to change now, especially in this political climate no. we have right now. I mean, that's they're going to they'll use more and more of that as they, they can. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw us off on. I mean, it's relevant, but I'm going to throw this off, uh, throw this out there in this conversation. Have y'all seen this movie on Netflix called The Great Hack? G R E A T. H-A-C-K, it just came out, it's a documentary about data collecting and a company called uh, Analytica, what was it called? It's a, it's a data collecting company that used Facebook data working with, it, you know, it's all about the Mueller, the Mueller investigation and the Obama election and the Trump election and how this data company collected 5,000 data points on every person on Facebook, used that to develop a software to hone in on your character and your personality and what you like to see and, and look at on social media, mostly Facebook and Instagram. And then they sold this information to different marketing groups that would then target you in a specific way with information which ultimately led to like you know phone listening and 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 digital spying where if you talk about shark vacuum cleaners one day don't be surprised if you look down at your phone you click on youtube and it's full of shark vacuum cleaner uh commercials and i found it interesting and in relating it to what we're talking about because this is the direction that the political climate is going. And my question, relating it to what's going on with Walmart and the Second Amendment and all those things, are we ever, are we ever, because of the digital platforming that, we, that we're you know, probably going to be talking about a lot today with photography and whatnot, is there ever going to be another fair election on any level because of the digital data collecting that occurs and that and that and they use that to ultimately develop fake news to swing your attitude one way or another, whether it would be to buy a vacuum cleaner or to vote for a president. Well, I for, first of all, are you referring to Cambridge Analytica? Yes, Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Yeah, well, that's yeah, well, that's they know they they used they sought WikiLeaks help on the Clinton emails, right? right that's what right. that's what that whole well at least according to what I at least what I've read, that's what I mean, who knows? What I mean that's who Russia you brought up Russia. Yeah, that's who Russia sure. used for data collection sure. during the Trump campaign. That's who mm -hmm. uh the mm -hmm. Obama campaign used to target women and African Americans. I mean it, it goes it goes mm -hmm. very know, specific. It goes deep. Right. Okay, so then you brought up another interesting word in that backing up. You brought up the word, I don't know if there'll ever be a fair election. Well, in all honesty, I don't know if there's ever been. Like, <laughs> and that is the big market. That is the big marketing game. I don't know if there's ever been a fair one. But what I do agree with you on is 
I think what you're looking at is a new norm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I mean, the digital world and how they get to us and that what the information we're fed. Oh, absolutely. That's marketing. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. It's just different. It's, easier. it's a different yeah, it's platform. Different. It's, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's the same process, the same what they're what they're trying to get to is the same thing. It's just a different process because it's digital. Right. Yep. Well, I think we should talk about duck hunting because I know these guys that are listening. They probably probably hate the politics stuff. They're probably fed up with that, like we are too. But <laughs> let's yeah. talk about ducks and photography or something. <laughs> Rocky, what well, do you want to chat about? Well, last week when we when we kind of left it, you had left your corporate job. I don't know if you remember talking about yeah. the. Mm-hmm. You remember, you got upset about the Samsung color salmon. Yeah, the color salmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a yep. pretty neat story. I think that's kind of where we stopped it last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, back then, when with that transition, and I did that work in corporate America too. But back then, it was film. We shot with film, you know. So I do. I get that question quite a bit from people, like, you know, how long have you been doing it? And, and I love talking to people about the business of photography. I mean, Jake knows that. We talk about it all the time. The business part of it. Art is one thing, but you know, there's a whole business side of it too, and it's it's. It's the same business, but it's way different. Does that make sense? It's way different. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, film to digital was obviously a big deal. The desktop publishing, the Apple computer coming on and being a big deal about the same time. And then learning how to, you know, taking a drum scan. And we can go into all that, you know, like how back when I was doing big jobs for, big agencies in new york i mean like what you went through it was man it was way different did did we tell the the story of how you left your last corporate job before you went out on your own or was that something that we had talked about i know we you you told ramsey and i I just can't remember if you told it on air i think we did do you mean when i walked out when i quit yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, I th- I think we did. I hope so. If I'm supposed to remember stuff like that, I got to write it down. I normally <laughs> just run, I just run my mouth and <laughs> I don't remember what I say. But yeah, I mean, I you could, know, I, mean, I, could, I, I will say this though, Lee. Anybody these days can be a pretty good photographer compared to 30 years ago, 20 years ago. To be a pretty good photographer, it was really difficult, right? Um, boy, that's a there. There wasn't there wasn't very many photographers back then shooting film, especially in this outdoor space we're living in. But I've also shot fashion and lots of other things that are outside of the hunt world in hunt fish world. I should just call it the outdoor world. Um, for, for big agencies. And that, I mean, that was big. Do you, you ever see the, the series Mad Men? Oh yeah. Okay. So remember Draper, right? 
Okay. That agencies ruled the world back then. 50s, 60s, 70s, the agencies, the big agencies controlled everything. Kind of like what Jake was just talking about, these, you know, like Cambridge Analytica, just like that. I mean, they, they were, what they did is what influenced everything. What we wore, what we listened to, all of it. Culture. Campaigns back then were massive, and their reach was massive. Today, very, very few companies do campaigns anymore. Very few. Because so, they don't just, have to? Mm, I don't think they know. No, I think they have to. I, th I actually think some things are starting to swing back to the old way. Mm -hmm. You know, We can get into mm -hmm. that. We can get into Instagram and Facebook, that culture versus versus advertising, whether or not you really believe it is, it's advertising, is it important? I think it's really important. I just don't think very many people are good at it. I think you're right. They're going to have, eventually, as the people that really, truly understand it, take advantage of it, particularly to mm -hmm. separate themselves from the social media marketing direction, then all of a sudden it'll become monkey see, monkey do, and it'll it'll have to go back to that because they'll separate themselves from, from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with right that? Now, mm -hmm. Well, right now, they, right now, if you look at beads when it comes to com corporations, companies, manufacturers, even artists, I mean, and what they do with their work, er, the feeds all look the same. They all look the same. I had a meeting with an owner of a big agency here in Minneapolis a couple of weeks ago. He called me in. He, in particular, he shot me a text message and he goes, are you doing the boss feed? <laughs> and I chuckle, you know, on the phone, I do the ha 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 thing. And I'm like, yeah, I, I am. And he goes, will you come in here and talk to us? So I said, sure. And I think it was like Thursday or whatever. I went in there. What they wanted to know is, because if you look at like organic, organic growth, and then in particular, pay attention to tone and voice and the new word content creation, I just call it photography, and then engagement, how people engage, and then do you engage with them? That was pretty much what we were going to talk about in that meeting. And what he told me was, and this is a really good agency, like really good. And he said, within the next few years, and he means like three years, it could be less than that because you know how fast things move. He said, the companies or manufacturers that don't control their feeds from the inside are going to become irrelevant. And then who used to be in the fifth spot is going to come up and kick the ass of who used to be in the one number one spot. And what he means by that is if you let's let's say we all agree that it's definitely part of the play social media. And it is. No question. And there's some things about it that are incredibly cool like how you can engage them. Right? When you print ad, you're not engaging them. 
right? You're trying to convert them, but you're not engaging them. In social media, you get to engage them. So when you look at all this, when you look at these media today, take Instagram. You have, I think the average Instagram users, I guess the number is like from 18 to 35. Like I think, and that's about 70%, maybe a skosh more of the users. Well, that depends. So now if you're talking about you're trying to sell goods, are you, what are you selling? Like, so let's say I do a lot of work in the gun community, right? Or it's not a lot of 18-year-olds that are gun purchasers, right? So now you're looking at it. You're looking at 28 to 34 being your real demographic as a consumer. So now, you're, now you know who you're talking to. But let's say there's a whole group of people. I'm 59, right? Who's talking to me? And how are you talking to me? So for companies to go, we're going to take all of our advertising dollars, our budget, and move it all over to social media, that's what I'm saying. This is what's starting to swing back because people mm-hmm. are realizing that's not our consumer. Mm-hmm. Is it for some that, things? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? So, it's all interesting. And it's, and it it's fluid, and it's all moving right now, you know. It's really fun, though. And, and Amazon has completely rewrote the rule. And, oh, by the way, we want it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That's right. right? Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. what's the percentage of you, what's the percentage of, you know, your environment on social media that's there to learn from you and copy what you're doing and ultimately become, try to become a competitor versus people that are actually there, you know, influenced by what you're posting and then going out and buying something that you, that you use because, Let's say you're Phil some hat that is very distinguishable to your identity in the in the duckwoods. You know how many people go out and buy that hat versus you know they're there to 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 listen or watch what you're doing so they can go copy it for their platform so they can become a so-called you know professional photographer. Mm, are you asking me a question on like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm asking that. You, do, have I influenced anybody? Is that? I don't. I don't get the. Tell well, me the what, question. Well, like the engagement. What? What's the engagement really about? So, if a, if a company's looking at social media to sell things, to put like their, let's say their philosophy is the more eyes that get that that see this product, how does that convert into sales? And if you're an influencer and you have whatever fifty thousand followers on social media, how many of your followers are actually there, you know, buying stuff that you use versus them there for a completely different reason and and they're you know, you're influencing them in a different way and that's skewed in from a marketing perspective because, you know, a, an uneducated brand or company Whatever it might, whoever it might be, mm-hmm. is is falsely identifying where they mm-hmm. put their marketing dollars, or they go cheat because you got a ton mm-hmm. of followers and they use mm-hmm. you as an influencer, but they're not really gaining much return on their investment out of it. Okay, all right, I can answer that a little bit. 
first of all, when, when I, for, if you take like the boss shot shells feed, that's, I mean, I can talk about that one because I do it right. And I'm not after likes. Let's be, let's be clear about that. I don't post things just for likes and anybody that knows me like you do, you know, I can go back 25 years with photography and post, <laughs> I could post multiple images a day, you know, but if I don't have something to say that's relevant to the consumer or people that follow your feed, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to say anything. I only say things that I hope have value to them. I don't like post a picture and go, which one would you rather shoot a canvas back or a green head? You know, that's kind of like me saying, yeah, I know what I know, you know, I know what I am, but what are you are? You know, all that stuff. It's just like, it, I don't find value in it. And I'm not saying that I'm not a dick about this because I've <laughs> lots of people, lots of people think that I can be, or I am right. But I think people have been fed so much bullshit over the past number of decades, for sure three, for sure three, that I just think they're starving for the, for real, for the truth. And you know me, like when I have something to say, it's, it, I'm speaking the truth or I don't say it. Right. And I think that's what people love about boss shot shells. It's the truth. It's real made by real people. So the narrative is like an old narrative, honest, hardworking, blue collar, fantastic product. Now we're direct to consumer, so there's no middleman stuff there. I mean, we're bringing the value up front, and I'm not talking about the word that Walmart has bastardized value, real value to people, okay? So if you're asking me, like, do I think people follow boss for good reasons? I definitely do because it's an all organic following and people really read. And I can tell they read because they direct message me. Mm -hmm. I think so there's also, uh, from an outsider's perspective, Lee, I think that, that you know, the, the validation there is the fact that, let's say, the ratio from followers to engagement and likes or whatever it is, and I know you, you're not doing it for likes. I know that. But when you look at your, your engagement ratio on, on your boss page, on your boss feed, it's very evident that those people are there for the right reasons because you have a lot. I mean, you, I don't know how many, let's, and I hate to bring this up, but let's just say you have 8,000 or 9,000 or 10,000 followers on the boss yep. feed and you have mm -hmm. a, you know, a 1500 like engagement with a lots of different questions or lots of different mm -hmm. feedback in the comments. And then you go to someone else that's, that's bought you know, a hundred thousand followers or whatever it is, and they have 250 uh, engagements on a post, you can clearly see what's like, you know, what's effective. You're, what you're doing is effective and those people are there for the right reasons versus either fake followers or people that are there for the wrong reasons because they're not engaging, they're snooping. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, true. I'll tell back backing up a little bit, I said there's a part of that that Instagram feed that is really, really cool. And we liken it to hardware store in the fifties and sixties. And here here's what I mean by that. Back in the day, 50s or 60s, a local hardware store had everything, right? Everything. They had Winchester Model 12s and shotgun shells and waders and fishing rods and tools and rakes and everything. It was a hardware store. You could go up to the counter and the guy that you were talking to actually knew something about all of it. So you could go talk to him about a new Winchester Model 12 and Winchester Super X shells and you got real value there. So can you imagine somebody now, fast forward to today, somebody direct messages me or us at boss and says, hey, I have a, I have a, I, well, I hear you guys talk a lot about two and three quarter inch shells. Do they, I've been used to shooting this and whatever. They, they just, they're struggling like with what they hear versus what they want to buy. So they direct message. Well, I engage, or we do, all of them. And you're, you probably, people might think that can't be possible. Oh, yeah, it's possible. We engage them. Can you imagine somebody going up to a hardware store back then and asking a guy a question and they do it ignoring him? Well, no, that didn't happen. Well, now we have people on Instagram that are trying, they're asking you a question. Well, they, they've earned an answer. So, and I personally love it. I talk to these guys like, well, I don't know, what do you shoot now? And they'll say what they shoot now, and I'll go through the characteristics or whatever of that is and the difference and boss. And then you kind of, if they keep going, you know, you talk about the value in it. And eventually they, they want to try it, right? And it's, <laughs> it's not that hard, man. It's, I mean, you just got to talk to the people, and they, consumers are not dumb. That's, that's one thing I, like, lots of marketing is pushed on people, like you're treating these people like they're not smart. That's not right. That's not true at all. Once consumers are educated, they, they are the ones that change, that change culture. Look, look, at, look at Toyota, Nissan and honda i mean before them what was it ford chevy and dodge right they got crushed that's i mean it's the same thing i think so you're, I you know, had the, engaging uh, go ahead uh, no i'm just going to say this i had this conversation yesterday with uh david ellis yacht yacht he is a kind of a fast-growing social media superstar and we had this conversation yesterday in an episode and I, I, t I took three people that I knew of just just people that started out uh, and and rose quickly and two of them which you'll know of course like I said y'all y'all and then there's Freddie King and I think that the reason that those two have risen to stardom on social media is because of their engagement. When people talk to them, they talk back. 
Mm-hmm. No question about it. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. follow. I've been friends with Freddie for a long time. And, Me too. You know, he, and he comes across like his engagement allows people to trust him because he gives them positive feedback. He listens to what they're saying. Plus, he's got the, you know, the good old boy, uh, good old boy characteristic about him that allows people to get comfortable with him. And boom, you know, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more important, in my opinion, in, in what we're talking about than personal trust. Because, and you gain that by listening to people and then giving them the feedback, not what they want to hear. But like you said, Lee, there's nothing more important than the truth. And the truth. Mm-hmm comes out in the wash every single time whether someone believes you the first time you say it or not eventually it comes out right mm-hmm. oh they you <laughs> you might somebody might dupe them once but you're no if you there's there's only truth that's all i'm interested in is truth so going back to my exactly. feed do i have people do i have people on the feeds that are probably trolling or yeah for sure i mean that happens you know but that's no big deal that's (laughs) that's no big deal no it's i think the people that are on there especially the ones that comment they're there because they want to be and they love what you're what they love what you're saying they love it it's really fun but But way way different it's it's simple things that that people are myth they they try so hard to to every day you see people trying to rise to stardom. I'm, let's just make it a microcosm, the, the hunting industry. You're never going to get there if you don't communicate with people. What's the, the, what's the, old, is, what's the old saying? Yeah. If you want a, if you want a million followers, you got to shake two million hands or whatever That's it right. is. I mean. Well, that's good. That's really good. You're, and 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 the thing about it is, you've got to be engaging with them on their stuff that they post. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's the other thing, and I and I think this is like, let's say you, somebody wants to be a star. I mean, I I don't get it, but let's say they do, and <laughs> my job is to, and but my job in marketing and what I've done is to, quite honestly, to, is to help make a whole bunch of people stars. But what's important is being original, authentic, and being approachable. And somebody might go, well, original and authentic are the same thing. No, that's not true. Because you could be original and it be like a bit, right? But it's an original bit. What I mean by, I'm talking about hunt fish space. You're original. You don't look at others. Looking at others and trying to emulate or do what they do and pass that work off as it's your own is called plagiarism. And that drives me absolutely nuts. I look at much of lots of things as plagiaristic. But when I see something that's original and that person's authentic and then I can talk to them and they're approachable, now we're talking. Now we got something here. Exactly. But I'm sure that you know, Lee, you, both of y'all have come across a lot of people that on camera, they're a different person versus what they are behind the camera. Oh, a lot of in, a lot of introverted people can be really good in front of a camera, 
But when they turn it off, they turn it off. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, oh, I've, I've, I've honed in on the what, what, what Lee's talking about is original people that have authenticity. There's no bullshit about them. And when they speak the truth, those are the people that I hone in on. Those are the stories that I want to tell because it's the truth, first of all, whether it's, it's good or bad, it's the truth. And that's what makes the most interesting story because, again, we're going to go full circle with this conversation. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to waste their time listening to a bunch of lies or fake news or bullshit. They want, they want the truth. That's why I think, like, Ramsey's story was so mm. compelling and fascinating mm. because he was willing to come on the podcast and, and lay it down and, and tell people the truth about what he went through. And everyone's in tears over it because they can relate to it because everyone has a, you know, not a self-pity story, but a story about how they had to overcome some sort of adversity in life. And again, it's, it's, it's the truth that matters. Truth's uh, all that matters. <laughs> that's yeah. all that matters. In the end. Yep. Do you think that that's why so many, if you really sit back and think about it, the people that have made it the longest in the industry, let's just say, let's just take uh, video, for example. The people that have made it the longest or who they are on and off the camera? I I think so. Not not all, but I think I think that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let, uh, let me give you an example that I'm in the middle of right now. Okay, I'm like in the in, right in the middle of all this. When when all the and, and I say this at risk of hurting some feelings from friends of mine that I've made over the past seven or eight years in bass fishing. But last year when the Bassmaster Elite Anglers jumped ship to start their own league called Major League Fishing, there was, there was major panic. Like there was a, I can't even tell you for, you know, I mean, it went on longer than this, but the first week that that happened, they were scrambling. It was like it was like Pearl Harbor, you know, like like the enemy just inflicted war upon us. How are we going to def- defend ourselves and defeat this in the big picture? And you know, at the end of the day, what happened was Bassmaster and JM Associates have been through this so many times with so many different anglers coming up through the ranks to become an elite angler. What they did was and this goes back to what you just said a minute ago, Lee, our job is to make people famous. That's how, that's how we use visual or visual art to help people that hire us to make money. And at the end of the day, that's what Bassmaster and JM Associates did. They used their cameras, their photographers, their, their, their live streaming on, te- on, on di- the digital space and their television show to forget about the, the older guys that jumped ship on them. And all they did was bring up some young guns from, you know, the, the Bassmaster Open and FLW. And, and now what they're doing is they're turning them into stars all over again. And what it's really done is it's refreshed, it's refreshed their space. It's made it more fun again. It's made people appreciate where they came from. 
like it's a whole new ball game and it all goes back to visual content and how they use it to make people stars to create characters within their world that that helps create their brand more successful mm-hmm. makes good sense Yep, it's fun. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, oh man, isn't it fun when you have fun? I mean, when you're working for something that you, I don't even want to call it work. It's not work. Um, but let's call it work. When you get to do that, it's something that you believe that much in and the product's that good. And that's your job is to get that in front of people. Man, that's like, and then when you start seeing it working, it's, it's the best. It, it's a blast. Dude, the feeling there, it's like, it's like, it, it, it's when there's, I have to say this, when you get to that level of what you're talking about, Lee, you, you get way, way, way more gratification and satisfaction out of helping someone else become successful than you do yourself. And to me, that's the reward in all this is that you get to ultimately see someone smile as long as they take it the right way and, and run with it in the right direction, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an appropriate manner. There's nothing more rewarding than that. I mean, you, you've seen it more than hell anyone in our space. At a, at a much, much higher level than most people ever will ever experience. And that's got to be something for you that's just like, it just makes you sit back and kick your feet up on your, on your, on your deck there in Minnesota overlooking that <laughs> pond, sipping on a little whiskey and overlooking the sunset going, man, this is a great life. And it doesn't have anything oh. to do with you. It's about how you help someone else become successful. I mean, how cool is yeah. that? There's been lots of cool moments like that. <laughs> Super, I'm really fortunate. Yeah, I look back at lots of things and go, man, that's, yeah. And right now, honest to God, like I say, I'm 59 years old, and I, this is the most fun that I've ever had right now. I'm I'm the best I've ever been at what I'm doing. I mean, my body's not the best. <laughs> my body's not like it was 20 years ago but the work and how i see things and my love of the outdoors and what i do i mean it's it's never been better or higher than it is right now i mean i'm playing the game right now at the highest level i've ever played it that's fun man that God, you know, people. Awesome. I mean, if, I don't know. Have you ever heard anybody like? Because you know me. I don't know. Maybe they brought me up or whatever in front of you and said, "Like, is, dude, is that guy ever going to retire?" And I hear it all the time, right? I'm like, well, "What the hell would I do?" Yeah, what does Let's that see. mean? Right. Let's <laughs> see. Right now, right now, I hunt, fish, and I photograph. <laughs> yeah, and you make a living <laughs> doing it. I mean, yeah, I mean, what what do you want me dream, to do? I don't know, like retire and stay home. Oh my, God, no. Dream me up something bigger and better than that. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what everyone else in our space, you know, in the in the photography outdoor photography space is chasing. Is that that's the Ameri- That's that's in our space. That is the American dream, right? It's not a big mm-hmm. white house, a white picket mm-hmm. fence, and a dog named Spot. It's about 
living your life the way you want to, making a living doing it, and having a blast, and dying one day, you're sitting on your deathbed going, man, you know, that was fun. And and whoever feels sorry for me right now, you guys are looking at this the wrong way because mm-hmm. holy crap was that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a whole. I hope. I mean, I think about that once in a while. You know what? I'd really hope someday that I'm an old guy. I think that'd be cool to be old. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to look back at all of it and honestly say, you know, I didn't leave any meat on the bone. That's so. That's what I so hope. That reminds me. I'm working. You know, Jerry McKinnis, really the father of outdoor television. Mm-hmm. He's 82 years old right now. And I'm doing, I'm working on a project with him. And you know what he told me the other day? He said, this is the most fun I've ever had. I mean, this guy, you're talking about a guy that had a television show called The Fishing Hole for 45 years on television. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was 54 it. years old. Yeah, it was just freaking Loved awesome. It. And that's, if it weren't for that, we none of us would be doing what we're doing today, at least from a from cinematography or, you know, oh. film perspective. Mm-hmm. And he... And he literally, 82 years old, he's got a bum ankle, he's been through it all, he's seen and done, every, like, you know, he knows more about this than any of us do at, at, a, at a certain level. And he told me the other day, this is the most fun he's ever had on any project because, because he, he, all the things that he's learned over his career has taught him how to enjoy it. And all of a sudden, like, that's what you're talking about. You know, that's what we're talking about. You want to be old one day so you can, you don't quit doing what you love to do. You do it until you're done, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Attrition, attrition will get me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we'll be doing, we'll be taking selfies of ourselves in a, <laughs> you know, on our deathbed in a hospital laughing, <laughs> laughing at the rest of the world going, you know, oh. this is what it's all about right here, man. <laughs> I hope my last photograph's not a fucking selfie. <laughs> I hope I hope it's me <laughs> taking a picture of you. <laughs> laughing. <laughs> laughing. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Life's good. So let me yep. pose a hypothetical to you. You think you could take... Two regular Joes. Uh, let's just say one up there where you are, one where you are, Jake. You could take two regular Joes and grow them into a star. Hmm? Guarantee. On, in, on, Guarante- in, on Instagram. On Instagram. Yep. Guarantee you. Yep. For sure. A hundred. A hundred percent. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. In right. fact, what? you can take you can take an average Joe. And turn them into a superstar quicker than you can take a superstar and make them a bigger superstar, I think. Because people want to see the average Joe succeed, and they don't want to see a superstar become a bigger superstar. Because there's a, there's a certain level of jealousy that occurs at a certain level of, of stardom. And I like, you know, it's the old New York Yankee syndrome or the Notre Dame or Nebraska or Alabama, now today's world, the Alabama football team syndrome. You know, the people that love Alabama live in Alabama or near Tuscaloosa. Everyone else wants them to lose. And for, you know, let's take the Georgia State-Tennessee game the other day. People loved that because Georgia State went into Knoxville and beat Tennessee in their in their home 
in their home stadium and it's the people root for the underdog and i think that is the underlying theory behind making your average joe a superstar that's my opinion i'll go back i'll go back to as long as they're let's say if you ask me if i could do it okay so i'm going to say as long again is their original authentic and their approach that's right then then i say yes first of all i mean america loves a little engine that could i mean we love that story that's an ancient narrative that's never going to go away we always will pull for the little guy the underdog all of it and we want mm-hmm. to see them genuinely do well right mm-hmm. they have to be those things if the people sniff out the bullshit ain't happening dude Mm-hmm. And that would be the key to the longevity of that person is to sustain oh, sure. the authenticity Absolutely. of them opposed to letting it go mm-hmm. to their head and changing their mm-hmm. narrative and their character. I mean, people sniff mm-hmm. that. Like you said, the consumer is very intelligent, and they mm-hmm. sniff that out as soon as it comes out. I mean, it's it, it's mm-hmm. over it's over before it starts if they go that direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I love this conversation. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, it, I, I I'm just curious here. What just for people, somebody that's listening that had the money, what would it cost? Cost to be a big deal. <laughs> no, 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 nowadays, no, no, no. nowadays you could do it for could, free. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's it. No, 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 no. If somebody were coming to you, let's just say. Let's just say Larry flies to Colorado or Minnesota today, makes an appointment with you, walks in, he's got a suitcase, looks across, he says, hey, I want to be a hunting star. And sack full of cash. He says, Lee, Jake, what's it going to cost me? What would you, I'm just curious, what would you charge them to make them a star? Man, that's a long and oh, I'm going to let you answer that, a, Lee. Oh, thanks a lot, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot for that. <laughs> I told, gosh, this that is, is a awesome. great, this is a I mean, great conversation. Well, I can mm-hmm. tell you that I've, that I've worked for a lot of companies throughout the years with that have all the A-listers and I'd say it's millions. Well, that doesn't mean that's what doesn't mean I made that, but the work that would go in to mm-hmm. making somebody a really big deal over a long period of time. Well, let's let's take mm-hmm. Jim Shockey. Let's take Shockey. Everybody knows Shockey, right? And his lovely daughter Eva. I mean, I love seeing her on her feed because she just makes me happy when I see her face. I mean. Um, you take Jim, and I shot him a number of times, not recently, but back a while back. What do you think over the course of his career, how much money do you think has been spent not only on him, but what he did himself Mm -hmm. make him Jim Shockey? What do you Mm -hmm. think that number looks like? That's a And yet. 
and you have to include everything he's done from every scouting. I mean, everything he's done has built himself up That's to that right. point. So you have That's to right. include everything from every scouting trip, every every tool that he's broken, everything that he's done. Because at the end of the day, when you get to where you think you're supposed to be, your whole life, everything that you've done leads up to that point. So that's your budget right there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I laughed at that. That's why I laughed at trying to answer that question and punted you. Oh, it's a tough one. (laughs) I mean, it's, I think, well, let me ask you, Rocky, from the outside looking in. Let let me rephrase the question. Let me rephrase it a second. What would it cost for a million followers? I don't know. I've never done that. I don't know where it, I mean, <laughs> I do the, I, <clears throat> boss is like a little over 10 months old and we have, I think 10,000, a little bit north of 10,000 or something. I mean, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. If you're asking me like a rough number on creating identity and a logo and a tagline and get the initial marketing process going and get it out there to create a brand for somebody, I mean, it, it I mean, I can give you a rough one there. Yeah, you know, that'd be you, that'd be a, that'd be good. It's usually, you know, a good start two hundred and fifty thousand or so, I suppose, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's consistency too. You have to take that base number and then multiply that times consistency because you can't just do that one time and 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 be successful. You have to do it. That's where you. That's what Lee said. That's where you start, and then you have to figure out how to feed. That's why they call it a feed. You have to feed it and feed it and feed it, and that's, I mean, ultimately that's where it comes from. Because, you know, people like Michael Waddell or Jim Shockey or uh, Phil Robertson or whoever, you know, you want to look at as an iconic figure in the outdoor space, you know, they didn't just like – they didn't just jump out of the truck and go, "Hey, everybody, here I am. I'm I'm worth millions of dollars, whatever it is." You know, they. Mm-hmm. I mean, Waddell started out as a cameraman. Jim Shockey was a guide, and he worked his butt off. And mm-hmm. Phil Robertson was in his little shed. Like you, I don't even want to speak about him because of your relationship with him, Lee. But you know, at the end of the day, he's in this sweaty little wooden box building duck calls. You know, putting them in plastic containers and shipping them out with him and his you know his family or whatever it's a small group of people working their butts off that's how they got to where they were it wasn't you know it wasn't they didn't just they didn't just freaking someone sprinkled you know miracle grow on them one day and they mm-hmm. turned into these superstars i mean they worked their asses mm-hmm. off to get to where they are right mm-hmm. yep you too yep. those the ones that last a long time i'd say that's 100 percent true there are a bunch right now that I would say might not be that original or authentic. They might be super approachable, but they don't have the other two. Would you say that, you know, take, if you, if you threw everyone into a, 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 a basket or a, 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 mm-hmm. a space, mm-hmm. you know, everything, when you look at everything over time, it's a bell shaped curve. And at the end of the day, 70% or 80% of the people are average and they're at that they're at the top of that bell-shaped curve in a distribution right. curve 10% are on the low end that never even get out of the starting blocks and then mm-hmm. there's 10% that become successful but then there's you take you 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 slice that 
and off the successful 10%, and then there's probably less, way less than 1% that actually become, you know, Super Bowl MVPs or right. whatever it is. I mean, it's, I mean, you mm-hmm. just you slice that up into little bitty pieces, and it's like they say of all the little league baseball players in the world that dream about becoming a major league baseball player, there's, you know, there's less than 1% of them that actually get there. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? Same thing. You mm-hmm. can't buy, you can't buy that. You're either, you're either, you're either, you know, to me, those people are, surface or you find people like us find those people or, you know, and because they're born with it, you can just tell like who's going to be the next Kevin Van Dam. Well, you can go to the new mm-hmm. Bassmaster Elite. Group There'll never be another one. See? Well, you the know, dude's what I'm original. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He yep. is who he is, and the next mm-hmm. person will be who he is. But there's always going to be a comparison between LeBron and Kobe and right. and Michael Jordan. No one's ever going to be right. Michael Jordan, but Kobe was who he was, right? Right. Yep, that's why, so you bringing up, K, you know, KVD, right? And I've had the mm-hmm. pleasure, of she, and I mean pleasure, too. That guy's mm-hmm. a gentleman and an absolute blast to hang out with. He is a pro's 100%. pro, that dude. Yep. No like, doubt. So I don't want to see anybody try to be KVD. Go be yourself. Go do your own thing. KVD already did that. He's really good at it. You're not going to mm-hmm. beat him at it. <laughs> He's really good at being him. The dude's original, authentic, and major approachable. He's mm-hmm. a superstar, right? He's proof of, of like what you were talking about. He's proof. He's his own brand. That's right. And how many you millions know? of kids grow up fishing wanting to be like KVD and mm-hmm. how many people actually make it? I mean, there's like one or two in the, the Elite Series now that you can tell are going to get to that level eventually, but they still have a lot to learn. They still have, you know, they still, they're going to make a lot of mistakes getting there, just like KVD did. But, you know, again, it's just that really, really small percentage, and it takes promoting promotional power and people like Lee Chose or, or whoever it is, it takes those kinds of people to team up together to make it, to make it, you know, to make it really big, you cannot do that by yourself, I don't think. No, no, you can't. No, you can't do anything great by yourself. Well, I'll say this. I wish, I wish that I had just $250,000 in cash laying around <laughs> and find a regular Joe and see if we could do it. It'd really pay you for your work to see if we could do it. I th- I think that'd be a great project. <laughs> oh, it would. You know, be awesome. you, that would blow up if you started that project, which we're probably giving a, someone a great idea right now. Whoever's going to listen to this, <laughs> but if you did that, you know, on the digital space, I mean, it, it, this. I mean, I'm telling this. This all go. It always goes full circle because. Do you remember there's a show on MTV called The Real World? That's what started reality television, right? That's right. And and there was a kid named uh, Justin, and I don't remember his last name. I don't think anyone did, but he used to, he lived in Seattle. He was a skateboard college kid. He lived in Seattle, and he cared. He's the first guy that figured out how to live stream from a, a laptop, and he carried uh you know an air card 
that he had when they first came out on his laptop. He put it in his backpack, and he literally had a, a thing called Justin TV. He's the first person that ever went viral. He defined viral on the digital space, and all he did was have this live stream and a camera, uh, a, 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 um, a wired digital camera in his face all the time when he was sleep. You could click on his, his website, justintv.com. You could watch him sleep at night if you wanted to. You could watch him go to Starbucks every morning. You could watch him study. He never even engaged the camera. He just He just did this live stream, and he was the very first person that had, like, a million plus I think at one time he had eight or nine million followers on his website and that's when that's when you know people started trying to replicate what he was doing and 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 trying to become viral and it, it you know it all goes back to the same thing it's it's being original and mm -hmm. and you don't you don't try to do it you just do it it just it just no, happens no, the ones that bl I was going to mention that word a little while ago. The ones that blow up, I mean, it's like you. I mean, you can get a start, but when you watch what's what happens organically, and then you follow that, and you're like, "Wow, that's working!" And it might be social, it might be print, it might be in editorial articles, it might be TV. You might have a great face for TV. I don't know. But the ones that have it, the it thing, it just happens. And then you follow what organically is happening. That's how they blow up. You can't, it's That's not right. contrived. It's not a contrived no. thing. Well, you can do, in marketing, you can do lots of things that are contrived. But this thing you're talking about where they really go wild is that's all, that's all stuff that you can't even make up. That's right. You, know, All right. you can start. That's, that's, that's right. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite descriptive terms when I see something special is they have it. Mm -hmm. The it yeah. factor. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has it, plural. There's a oh, yeah, lot multiple. of different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you, well, you, you look at... Yeah, you look at people like that, and you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know I'm going to say this. You, you probably don't want to hear this, Lee, but you have it. You know, Oh, no, you, stop that. <laughs> no, no, I, I have to say this because we're talking about photography, and we're talking about making people famous, and I know that's not what your narrative is, Lee, but you have it. And, you know, being me and, and, and people asking about you because they're scared to ask you about you or, or whatever it is, I hear it all the time. What's that guy Lee Chose like? Because, man, when he walks in the room, it's like everyone gets quiet <laughs> because he has something important to say. He doesn't say much, you know, in a crowd, but when he says it, it's important. And I think that's, that's important for people to understand because people are trying to, just like people want to be, be like Kevin Van Dam or Michael Waddell or Tom Brady or, or, or Wayne Gretzky or whoever it is, people want to be like you too, and they try to replicate what you're doing, and they'll never be successful because they can't go buy a Filson hat and become you. They have to do their own thing, and that comes from grassroots of who they are, 
and that's and that's what we're talking about. You either you either have it or you don't. And again, to me, that's where that bell-shaped curve comes in. Most people don't have it, and they stay in that middle section of the bell-shaped curve. And the people that emerge, they don't try to emerge. They just happen to be there. Most of them, you know, until they figure out how to become successful, they probably don't even want to be that person anyway because that's what that's not what they were trying to do. They just enjoy enjoy doing what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's beyond enjoy. It's love, you know. And That's I think right. that, I think that I think that another reason for you two guys that that you guys demand respect when you enter a room for both of you, it's because for you guys, people look to you. You you could be a life changer for somebody in the sense of famous. Fame, which is a, at the end of the day, it's really worth anything anyway. But I'm just no, saying, it's worthless. It's, and, and, it's worthless. What, what, it's, yeah. But what I'm saying is you guys, by by the eye that you two have, I think, the, like I said, the reason that people get quiet when Lee enters a room, because he's, he's a life changer in a sense, could be. So you what? I think I think, right. I think no. You I guys, think that's I think, not right. When no, I walk in a room, people it's... yell, "Dude" or "Fucking dude" or "Yeah," they're yelling. <laughs> hey, they ain't quiet, dude. I I think not it's quiet because... when I walk in a room. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think I mean I think speaking uh, about Lee, it's it, it goes back to the truth, and you know he exudes integrity and really the real word is authenticity you know spending time with him that's what i see that's what i see with him and i think that's why people get quiet because at the end of the day everyone goes to bed they look in the mirror whether it's you know fictitious or or uh metaphorical or whatever it is people look in a mirror thinking about who who do i want to be until they find their own identity which a lot of most people don't Especially at an early age, they 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 think about themselves, and the reason there might be silence or you know respect. I mean, Lee doesn't Lee doesn't demand respect. The people that know him, or really more importantly, the people that don't know him, are the ones that think he demands respect because he's so authentic and honest. That's what demands respect. He doesn't walk in going, hey, everyone, you better respect me today or you're not getting anything out of me. You know, he just walks in and he's just Lee, and people see that, and there's, there's either there's envy or there's jealousy or there's, there's respect, and that's where it all comes from is because he's so authentic. And, again, you know, people, people promoters or marketers or visual artists or whatever – that you know, we talked about making people famous, famous with a camera. You know, we sniff those people out. Like you, before they even open their mouths, you can tell that they're coming over to get close to you because they want something for you, particularly for free or whatever it is. You sniff those people out, and you don't even give them a time of the day because you know their approach is 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 isn't authentic. But then you find someone like let's take. Alex Brittingham and her dog Gator. 
Now that is a freaking authentic dog, and that's an authentic mm-hmm. person, and it makes you want to help them. It makes mm-hmm. you want to help them because they're not after anything from you. This is a a genuine friendship and a genuine relationship, and that dog could give two shits about your camera. All he wants to do is go get a bird and bring it back and go get the next one, and and, and that's why. And I think that's why people like dogs and animals so much because it's always authentic. But you know, you know what? At the end of the day, I I think Lou's like that too. I think Lou's like that too. I mean, you just said For you don't sure. think Gator Lou. I mean, one shot Lou. Yeah, Lou. Yeah. yeah, Alex. That's why Gator Alex, is Alex who Ridding, he is. Alex because, Brittingham. Yeah, we call her that's Lou. Right. So, like Jake just said, Gator doesn't care about the camera. He doesn't care about anything other than getting the next duck. I think Lou's like mm-hmm. that. That's what makes yep. her so beautiful. Yep, she could care less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, she yeah. is. She's I, original, I, authentic, and super approachable. I mean, she has the chance of blowing up if she wants it. Mm-hmm. She's not worried about blowing up. That's mm-hmm. why she doesn't even think about up. it. That's why it, it's organic. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. L- last thing mm-hmm. that I'll say, and I mean no mm-hmm. disrespect to y'all, none. I'm calling bull crap. Look what you've done for you played a major part in who Jeff Foles became. Jake, you played a huge part in who Ramsey is right now. Ramsey uh but so so both of you had a major part and and you were in don't get me wrong, you were compensated for what you did, but you had a huge role in making those people. But we didn't try. We didn't try. We didn't. We all we wanted to do was spend time shooting someone that's authentic. Because you don't. You get tired of hearing all the bullshit. And you get tired of being around people that want that want something from you. And these people really didn't. You just did it because you saw something really authentic, and and you saw something that really struck a chord in your emotional attachment to them, and you wanted to tell that story. And you didn't do it for the money, and you didn't do it for the fame, mm-hmm. you didn't do it for stardom, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You just did it because that's where, that's where, that's where your, 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 your creativity was like, man, this dude, like this is going to be fun, and this, this mm-hmm. is going to mean something to me. That's why you do it, right, Lee? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, go. I mean, I loved. I well, you. I do. I love foils. My my whole family does. And um, back then, I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I'm going to go back to those same words. Is he original? Oh man, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He's original. And is he authentic? Meaning a real dude? Yep, he's that. And he's super approachable. I mean, anybody could go up and ask Jeff his story. And he'd tell it to him, right? I mean, and again, we talked a little bit about that last week. I don't care what side of that fence you're on, you know. But he's the—that's exactly. it. He's—he's he's the exactly. real deal. And I mean, we I'll, had a blast. Speaking of authenticity, I would like to define that too, because these like foils mm-hmm. and Ramsey—it's really important that people understand this, and that is. It, it, it all goes back to the truth. And so, like my relationship with you, Lee, 
Mm-hmm. You can tell me that you could. We could talk about each other's work, or you could. You can come. You know, give me a hug and say, "Man, I love meeting your son," or whatever it is. But and, and it's all positive. But then one day, if you see me going down the wrong path, I would expect you in this authentic friendship. If you see me doing something or working with someone that you know is shady or or making bad decisions and 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 oh. going a direction, I would expect you to come out and tell me the truth about that without any mm-hmm. without any hesitation mm-hmm. or, or 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 any any hesitation about getting to the bottom line and that's what mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's authenticity it's not all about mm-hmm. being positive and and fake Mm-mm. happy and all that crap it's about oh, both no. sides of that fence right oh no well, well don't we talk about that i mean we all talk about what things to look out for in the industry and like narratives that are out there that both you and I think are detrimental to the long-term health of hunting in the outdoor world and they're getting pushed and they're getting marketed and I mean you and I talk about what to stay away from or what or maybe not even what to stay away from but what doesn't fit our belief our values our narrative and remember, you and I all, and then you and I always talk about the incredible responsibility that it is to be the voice of the outdoors, exactly. and that's what we are. It's a it's a big deal. Responsibility. Mm-hmm. It is a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's real. It's a responsibility to keep it real. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, guys, we are. A little past in the overtime. I'm gonna have to. We're we're past the forty, so I'm gonna have to pay you guys overtime this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll work on. But some it is. For ne- I'll work on some things for next week. We touched on a subject that I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd like to get into because it's one that I get asked a lot by the other photographers, especially the younger ones, and it's the difference between advertising, advertorial, and editorial work and, like, what that's like. It's important. Very. Man, I I really enjoyed the conversation this week. So many people are trying to reach stardom in the hunting industry. And to hear it coming from guys that make people, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. But I enjoyed it. Uh, Hank, I know you got to go back to hanging stands. Lee, go back to sitting on the porch enjoying this 54-degree weather. <laughs> I got to go I gotta go retouch a few ads right now, so I got to go work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, All right. I enjoyed well, it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for uh, giving me a platform to tell my story. It's fun for me. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, and thank you for this conversation. That was that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun, actually. You Just bet. listening to you and Jake, it's amazing. Holy moly, mm-hmm. it, it's unreal. Yeah. I got to tell you this. I'll leave you with this. I really didn't know Jake. I until social media, I really don't know anybody. I've met more people through Instagram that are in this our community than I could even imagine right now. But Jake was on a he was on assignment, I think, in Lacrosse. Is that right, Jake? Were you on a yeah, Bassmaster yeah, yeah. deal in Lacrosse, Wisconsin? 
And he, he right. texted me and he said, how far are you from lacrosse? And I sent him a pin to my farm and he said, well, I'm going to be on my way to Minneapolis airport. How far are you from that? And I said, cool. I said, why don't you come and stay at my farm? Because he was leaving the next day and he's just hang out with me and my wife, Bonnie, at the farm. It's just the two of us and it's a nice place to chill for a while. And he said, well, I'll see if I get done early enough and then I'll come up there. Well, he did. He got done early enough and he showed up and he came to the farm and we didn't sleep. I think he got up like the next morning and got on an airplane if he even slept, but he left. And my wife, who was like a really good judge of character, and she said, man, is he a nice guy. I really like him. And that's not a small thing coming from my wife, Bonnie, because she sniffs bullshit out better than, than anybody. And for her to say that about a young shooter like that, who and I, Jake knows this. Like, I love the young shooters. I think, I there's quite honestly, I'd like to help. I mean, I'd like to give him as much information as I can, but Jake is like of all of them. He's my favorite. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite. My wife loved him too, and we we were happy that he came by and stayed at our farm with us. And so, anytime. I appreciate that, Lee, and and likewise to you, man. <clears throat> you know, thank you for being as authentic as you are. You give a lot of people, you know, outside of all the the photography and creative inspiration. You just you bring authenticity to the table, and I think that's that's the most important thing in what we do, and and I really appreciate that about you, and and I'm just I feel I feel I'm lucky to have a friend like you in my life, and and you know just thank you, and you too, Rocky. Thank you very much. You're you're one of the most authentic people I know as well. Guys, I enjoyed it. Thank y'all. It, 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 thank you. It's it's very cool to be first person here live listening to y'all when y'all when y'all are talking about this because it's a lot of great information. So, thank y'all again. We want to thank, thank you. all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. And hey, if anybody takes the idea and runs with it, we Jake Lee and I want five percent. Nice.